This is Politico Energy. I'm Annie Snyder. California's last remaining nuclear power plant is slated for retirement in just three years. But the state is struggling to figure out how it will replace that huge source of zero carbon power. Even with the nuclear power plant, the state has already been crippled by rolling blackouts in recent years. Now, a new report from Stanford University researchers and backed by former Energy Secretary Stephen Chu is raising questions about whether the retirement plan should be revised, especially as drought and other climate change effects set in. Today, my colleague Colby Bermel explains the recommendations from this new study and the conundrum facing California policymakers. It's Wednesday, November 10th. So Colby, a new study backed by former President Barack Obama's first energy secretary came out this week, and it's got folks in California talking about the state's only nuclear power plant again. It's scheduled for retirement in a couple of years, right? So what is the story with this power plant? Yeah, so the Diablo Canyon power plant, it's been a source of controversy ever since it was proposed and built. It's been the subject of protests. It's been the subject of worries because it's near not one, but two geologic fault lines, which could cause earthquakes and has folks worried about a meltdown if a big earthquake were to occur. But at the same time, this plant has provided 10% of the state's electricity and it provides clean baseload power. And that's why advocates say that it needs to stay online. But several years ago is when the plant's owner, PG&E, decided that there were too many costs like and too many uncertainties involved, and that's when I decided to retire the plant in 2025. And just give us a little bit of situational context here. So when was it built? Where is it located? Yeah, so it's located in the central coast of California, in between kind of northern California, like in southern California, San Luis Obispo, California County, and it's located on the coast. It was built in the 60s. And it's been operating since the 80s, essentially. And it's been going for that long. But during that time, it's been subject to lots of protests and controversy. Okay. So it sounds like there were some pretty good reasons why folks might have wanted to see this plant shut down. What was the plan for replacing its power? Everyone in the energy community in California knows about the 2025 date for Diablo's retirement. And yet, for a long time, the state didn't have a concrete plan for how to um, replace that power. The only policy that the state had in place for a long time was a law that was signed to ensure that emissions do not go up after 2025, because, of course, Diablo provides emission-free power. But this summer, finally, the California Public Utilities Commission did pass this 11.5 gigawatt order, essentially, directing utilities to procure power that would help replace Diablo's capacity. So that was basically the first concrete step that the state has really taken to explicitly match megawatt for megawatt what the departing capacity of Diablo will be. So this plan for retiring Diablo is being revisited now, though, thanks to this new study from Stanford University that former Energy Secretary Stephen Chu was involved with. So what was that study looking at? So it basically looked at what would happen if the plant delayed its retirement for one decade, two decades, or even more, essentially. And it found that the state would see reduced emissions, it would see reduced power system costs, It would see lots of land being undisturbed because new big solar farms wouldn't have to be developed. 
But it also had some really interesting things that had been proposed for the first time, which was that Diablo could be used to power water desalination, and it could also be used to produce green hydrogen, which are two new uses for the plant that haven't been articulated before. Hmm. So this seems to set up that familiar tension for environmentalists, the benefits of nuclear energy's zero carbon power versus the local risks associated with it. What has the reaction within California been to this new study and this proposal? The reaction, as you could expect among most environmentalists, is being opposed to this, mostly for the safety reasons and for the the fact that there isn't a permanent place to put the nuclear waste, of course. But of course, there are going to be folks, especially those that represent the plant in their districts, like in the state legislature, that are going to be supportive of this. You're going to have state lawmakers that are trying to bring down emissions, but who are concerned about good reliability being intrigued by this. So definitely more reaction like is coming in. But this is something that definitely is going to get people talking and to kind of restart the conversation around Diablo. Hmm. So do you see this proposal having legs at this point? Is it going to go anywhere? Honestly, I don't know for sure at this point, of course, because it would take so much work and so many years to reverse the decision, essentially, to have this plant be retired. You'd have to get lots of different federal like and state approvals, all of which would take multiple years. And it's a lot of economics involved, of course, and a lot of policy involved and a lot of safety involved. And those are no small things, obviously. And in a state where California likes to set its energy policy kind of down the road far in advance, you know, everyone has known about Diablo's upcoming retirement. And I don't think folks are going to be willing necessarily to want to totally reverse that. Diablo Canyon is kind of the perfect encapsulation of California energy policy and the debate around it, where you have a pretty apparent way to help California energy, of course, as it's been doing for the past several decades, but lots of challenges, lots of controversies surrounding it. And you see these interesting ideological divides that you don't typically find on issues. Also, according to a new report released by the U.S. Office of Special Counsel on Tuesday, Former Energy Secretary Dan Bruyette violated the law that prohibits federal employees from engaging in certain political activities during the run-up to the 2020 elections. Bruyette was among the more than dozen Trump administration officials named in the report, which also named several cabinet officials and top White House aides. The report found that Bruyette violated the Hatch Act when he criticized then-candidate Joe Biden's stance on fossil fuels during a radio interview in October 2020. Bruyette's statements were policy-focused, but, quote, contained political activity by warning about what would happen if Biden won the election, according to the federal watchdog. For context, the Hatch Act restricts federal employees, not including the president and vice president, from certain political behavior, such as wielding the official authority of the government to make partisan political statements. But it's unclear whether Bruyette or others will face any consequences. The Office of Special Counsel has limited power to police such violations and can only submit a report to the president who decides on potential punishments. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? 
In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lowercarbon.